Expose my mind to clarity Oh, my spirit shudders Capture the moment, oh, to keep my sanity And the wisdom rushing in So much clearer Welcome back to another episode of Oh Shoot. I'm your host, Cassidy Lynn, and I'm back with another solo episode. Did you guys miss me? Because I missed you, and I have so much to tell you guys. First, my episode last week with John Branch, you guys like ate that up. Like, you guys love that. So, thank you. I'm so glad that you guys liked the interview. It truly was a great interview. Like, I loved it. I was having so much fun. And honestly, when I do these interviews with people, I turn on like my like not experienced beginner photographer, my inner like just I like I almost just am like I have no experience. I want to ask you every single question I can ever think of. So that's kind of like what it felt like for me. I was like, I've sh- I've shot so many weddings, but I still want to ask these questions because I feel like inside all of us is a beginner. And, you know, we could have 10 years of experience, but deep down, I still feel like there's a beginner in all of us and we all have room to learn and grow. So I'm so glad you guys liked the episode last week. I also really liked it. Um, So if you guys have like other guest recommendations, like people you want on the podcast, let me know, DM me or comment if you're watching on YouTube, like comment the people that you want, because I like would not have found John if it weren't for you guys, like telling me to get him on the podcast. Like it was like, I would say about a year ago, I got my first recommendation to like try to get him on the podcast. So if you guys put it out there, maybe it'll happen. Who knows? It's also like hard asking people to be on my podcast. Cause sometimes I just feel like this little, just this little photographer who has this little podcast. And it's just like, I don't know. Imposter syndrome hits me so hard when I'm asking someone to be a guest of my podcast. So yeah. All right. Let's get into some life updates. Um, I won't overshare with you guys, but I do have a lot that happened because it's been a couple weeks. So I just got back from my family vacation. We did four days on Lake Michigan and my sister who moved to Nashville came home. So it was really fun to just hang out with everyone and have like nonstop time with everyone. Super fun. I have a really hard time not working when I'm on vacation, as some of you listeners might know, because I <laughs> I actually did a whole podcast episode on just the fact that I always have vacation guilt, which is just like the idea of being on vacation and feeling guilty for taking a break. So that that's a little bit how I felt on this vacation. Sometimes I do have vacation guilt. Sometimes I don't. Um, it was just hard for me to not work for four days. I did have one evening. I think it was like our second to last evening where I took like 30 minutes and worked. I purposefully didn't bring my computer because I was like, I'll just wait until I get back. But I do feel like sometimes like I had like four people who wanted to book with me for a wedding. And I was like, I feel like if I don't get back to you soon enough, like you might go and find someone else. Like, I don't know. I feel like sometimes when it comes to bookings, you do have to be a little bit quicker, even though you have a boundary set up. Like I do feel like sometimes bookings are an exception. I don't know. That's just kind of how I feel. So I did take like 30 minutes on my family vacation and I just sent out some proposals and that was that. Okay. So when I'm family vacation, so fun. Got the last day of family vacation, literally got in the car and drove with my sister to Detroit to go to the Jonas Brothers concert. We got floor tickets. We were in the literal front row and I screamed my head off because it's the Jonas Brothers. 
Um, and it was so fun. We like went to this lounge before we got like VIP access. We got to go to the merch tables before we met some really fun girls. I actually met, um, one of my followers, she was sitting right next to me. So that was really fun. Um, it was such a fun concert. And honestly, now that I've been on the floor in the front row at a concert, it's going to be so hard for me to not have that. Like at the Taylor Swift concert, we were like pretty far away. Like I was not seeing any details on Taylor's face. Like we were like, I think it was like lower bowl or something. And this really set the bar for me. Like I loved knowing that like they were like five feet away. Like just something about that. I was like, this is so important. Uh, interesting. It's yeah, it's almost like an addicting thing. Like I, I understand why people like get obsessed with concerts. You know how there are those people that like always go to a million concerts. Like I get why though. Like I feel like I might be in my concert era. Who knows? Um, so yeah, went to the Jonas brothers. We got back at 2am last night. I am exhausted and we drove basically through a tornado <laughs> We didn't realize it because we were in Jonas Brothers Bliss, but while we're at the concert, there was literally a tornado that went right through like all of Michigan, specifically right along the highway that we were taking to get home. Like there's one main highway and the tornado like went all along that highway, literally like flipped cars over. Like it was insane. We leave the concert and it was like, it was pouring. Like it was, it was raining pretty hard, but we didn't think anything of it. And then we start driving home and it's like the concert ends at 11. Like it's a two hour drive home. We're like, oh, we'll get back at, what is that? 1 a.m. Like no big deal. All of the highways were shut down because like there were literal trees in the road. There was flooding. I think I posted it to my Instagram story, but literally like we were in the car and there was just water all around us. And it was like backed up traffic on the highway and we couldn't figure out why. Everyone was coming down to like one lane where there was like, a shallower, shallower area of water, but it still was like completely flooded. It was insane. And, um, yeah, so we drove back in that and we actually ended up getting back at two 30. We were supposed to get back at 1am. We got back at two 30. So I'm a little tired. I'm running on little sleep, but don't worry. I had a try. I'm probably going to have another try after this because what did we learn from my 25 lessons episode? you can have two tries in one day. That That's a very important lesson. Okay. So besides that, I have two work updates. I say updates, like these are just little things, but I haven't shot a wedding since July. I don't remember when my last wedding was. July 24th, 21st. I think it was the 21st was my last wedding that I had. And now... I'm coming up on my first wedding in over a month tomorrow. And because of that, I, well, I've been feeling like something's been lacking in like my lenses that I own, but this was just kind of icing on the cake for me. Like just, this was proof that I needed another lens because this wedding I'm shooting by myself and it's like a Catholic wedding. And the bride told me that I am not going to be able to move during the ceremony. Like I'm not able to go anywhere which is a challenge when you're a photographer. So I think I'm going to get a 70 to 200. I've been wanting this for a while, specifically for like the ring shot in a ceremony. I feel like I can't get close enough with my 85. So I, I think I'm going to take the plunge and drive to Best Buy and get a 70 to 200 because I could use it. I really could. And if I don't like it, maybe I'll return it or sell it. But I think it's just time that I spice things up a little bit and get a zoom lens because I've been shooting on prime lenses for forever. So yeah, that's, that's, what's going to happen today. I think we'll see. The last thing that I've been doing lately is I've been just outsourcing my editing this year. I feel like I've been better at just like making the time to edit my shoots, which is great. Uh, you know, it saves me money. Like I can do it myself, which is great. But you know, lately I've been busy and I'm like, mm, for the four hours or like three hours, it's going to take me to edit this wedding. I could be doing X, Y, Z, um, you know, and X, Y, Z is a million things. I could be 
creating something that's going to make me more money, like more money than what it would cost me to outsource a wedding, or it's going to cost me, I don't know, my time for me to be able to go out to dinner or something like that. I don't know. It just has been seeming more worth it for me to outsource lately. So I submitted two weddings to be outsourced for editing today. So I'll let you guys know how that goes. So far, I've been loving it. Like I did it last year, loved it. I did it the year before, loved it. And I'm doing it again this year. So stay tuned. Okay, a few random things. First of all, I don't want to toot my own horn. Okay. I don't want to like give myself too much credit, but I do really feel like these videos that I've been seeing, I think I might've started a trend and I'm not, I feel like I'm not usually the one to start a trend. I feel like I'm usually the one to like follow a trend, but I, you know how I do those walking pad videos of me walking on my walking pad and like changing outfits for weddings. I've been seeing multiple videos of people doing that, like what they would wear to shoot a wedding on their walking pad. And I got the idea from, I follow this fashion account and they were on like this walking pad. They did like a bunch of cool transitions when they were doing it, but I was like, Ooh, that'd be fun for like shooting weddings. And I, I could not tell you what fashion account it was. So that was when I did my first walking pad wedding outfit video, which was like at this point, quite a long time ago. And I've been seeing it. Like I saw a reel of someone else doing it. I saw actually on Facebook. Why was I on Facebook? But I apparently I was on Facebook and I saw this video had like 40,000 likes and someone's like walking on a walking pad, showing their outfits for shooting a wedding. And I was like, good for you. First of all, good for you. But also like, I think... I think I started this. Okay. So slay. I'm so excited. Love this. I love that people are doing this little trend. Um, I have another walking pad video I'm going to do soon. Like it's so fun. Like doing walking pad fashion videos. It's just so fun. (laughs) Okay. And the other thing that I wanted to talk about is the fact that it's booking season guys. So I feel like booking season in photography is, it it does vary per business, but I do feel like this really is the time that's super popular for people to book a photographer, specifically for a wedding is what I'm thinking of because a lot of people get engaged during the summer and you know, let's, it's August slash September right now. Like people are booking for next year. Like now I really feel like is the time that you get a lot of bookings for next year. So, and like I said, I had four people that wanted to book a wedding with me last week. Like it, it's just crazy. And I, all summer, I literally maybe booked two weddings all summer. So it's like, it's just crazy how different times of the year are busier or not busy. So that is what I wanted to talk about for part of the episode today is it's booking season. People are going to start reaching out. They're looking for photographers. How can we make sure that you secure the bag and you book and you don't get ghosted? This is literally one of the most popular topics, popular questions I get is how do I not get ghosted? And I mean, it's a real thing. It's a really real feeling. (laughs) It's a feeling that really sucks. And, um, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about how not to get ghosted for this upcoming booking season. Some things that I've been doing, some things that you can do to make sure you secure the bag and get the clients that you want to. Um, you know, there's no worse feeling than someone reaching out, giving you tons of detail about their wedding, you know, maybe because your contact form has like lots of little spots and stuff for it, but they give you so much detail you look them up on Instagram, you get attached, you start envisioning the poses you'll do with them or whatever. Like they tell you about their decor and you start thinking about, Oh, I'm going to do this shot. I'm going to use direct flash. It's going to be so good for my portfolio, blah, 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 blah. And then you don't hear back from them and you're like, cool. I just got ghosted. There's no worse feeling. So we're going to talk about how not to get ghosted and some things you can do to prevent it. First, I want to talk about why you might be getting ghosted because, yeah, you, 
There are many factors that contribute to ghosting. I mean, I even want you to like, let's just start by self-reflecting. If you've ever reached out to someone to do a service for you, it can be anything. Um, It can be a nail salon. It can be a house project or, oh, I don't even know. You hire people for all sorts of things. Think to think back to a time where you hired someone for something in the process of you looking for someone to provide a service for you. What were the things that attracted you to the person that you booked? Why did you end up booking them above other people? Um, you know, what, how did you find them in the first place? These are questions you need to ask yourself because then you need to figure out, okay, as the consumer, what were the things that I valued when I was looking for a service provider, like someone who could provide a service for me and then flip that around to be like, okay, I was looking for someone who had great experience and a great portfolio. How can I apply that to my business and add that value to my business to where I'm communicating? I have experience and I have a good portfolio. You know what I'm saying? Like we need to start on the baseline of just like looking at ourselves first. Um, Now, different service areas are different for like, like you really can't compare like a plumber to like a photographer because a creative service is different than like just a service that is not creative. (laughs) Um, So you, you get what I'm saying? Like it's, it's a little hard to compare, but if you've booked a photographer before, if you've ever reached out to photographers and booked a photographer for something, that is something I really want you to think about. What were the reasons you picked your photographer? Um, what led you to that person? How'd you find them? What solidified why you wanted to book with them? Um, what made them stand out? Like, think about those things. I can think about it because I've been married. I did engagement photos. Um, I booked anniversary photos. Like there, are, and also like I'm also a photographer, but like I think back to my experiences with all those photographers and I think about why was I attracted to my wedding photographer? Well, I first found her at a content day. Like I was a photographer at a content day and that's how I heard about her. And then I also heard about her. She had like a viral shoot that was like on the news. So I followed her then. Then I'm thinking about, okay, why did I book my wedding photographer? Well, she met up with me in person and she prevented, prevented, she provided her packages for me, like presented them to me. And not only that, she showed me in person a, an example gallery of my venue and of a time she shot there and her, you know, work there and how she shot it, um, which just showed me that she had super great experience and she knew what she was talking about. She shot at my venue before I knew how the photos were going to turn out. That is like what you want to put in people's heads is like, like that, that, trust. That's really what I was looking for because I, at the time was also a photographer. Obviously I still am, but when a photographer hires another photographer, that's kind of tricky. It's like, I feel like as photographers, the bar, we have the bar so high. So it was really hard for me to find a photographer that I thought, you know, matched all the things I was looking for. So just, just think about those times that you've hired someone let's go back to why you might be getting ghosted. Number one, you are not communicating the thing that they value and everybody values something different. So for example, some people value the experience. Some people really like, um, having a luxurious experience. People like, um, their experience with you as a photographer, with how you speak to your clients, how you communicate things, um, how they feel held during the entire photography process. That that's something that some people value is the experience and they're willing to pay more for someone that offers a better experience. Um, so think about, let's say an elopement. If I'm a photographer and I just offer, I offer a three hour elopement package. I'll go with you to the spa. I'll take your photos. We'll do an hour and a half of photos after. And that's it. That's the elopement. Or you go to someone who has an all day elopement package. They offer you timeline planning. They offer you help with 
finding the spot that you're going to elope and letting you know what permits you need. They're going to be with you during getting ready. They're going to, um, you know, walk up and hike with you and they're going to hike you to different spots that are good areas. And, you know, they're going to take sunset photos with you. They're going to set up a picnic for you. Like, that person that gives you that elopement experience, if I'm a client looking for a great elopement experience, 100% I'm going with the other person. Even if it costs me, let's say the three hour package was three grand. This person that's offering a full day is like 12 grand. I'm choosing the person that's going to offer me more of an experience because that's what I value. So you have to be thinking about what do your clients value and then once you figure out what do they value, you need to communicate that to them. So a lot of my clients I've found really value candids and, um, like unplanned moments. They, um, love the photos of their guests and just like they, that, that's what my clients typically are looking for. So my goal is always to commute. My, my goal is, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, my mind is all over the place. My goal is to communicate my value to them, how I can capture candidates. Okay. So let's say I'm on a phone call. Me, me communicating my value is literally hopping on a phone call and being like, Hey, um, here's how I can capture candidates for you. Here's my process. Here's some photo examples. Like that, that is me showing I can solve your problem. I have value. Another reason you might be getting ghosted is because you're not responding quick enough. And this kind of brings me back to how I was feeling on vacation. I do feel like sometimes people book just based on how quickly someone gets back to them. This happens to me. Like I book people to do things around my house for me for contractors, whatnot. And if you're not getting back to me, I'm going to go find someone else and I'm going to, you know, get a quote from them and most likely just book them because they got back to me the quickest. Like if it's an urgent enough thing that they need solved, like people are willing to book the first person that gets back to them sometimes. So respond quick, respond with lots and lots of details. Another reason you might be getting ghosted is because your email might be going to their spam folder. This is a problem that I've seen like so many times in the photography industry, a lot of the times it's because like it's, you have like a business email and let's say you're using like a CRM platform, like a client management software. And, and these emails get marked as spam. I couldn't tell you why. Maybe I've heard that sometimes if you include too many links in your email that go, that puts it to spam. Um, I've heard that just using client management softwares that just sends it to spam. I've heard that sometimes if your email sends too many spammy emails, like if too many people report your emails as spam, like your email will automatically go to people's spam folders. There's just a lot of theories and thoughts as to why emails go to spam, but it's a real thing. Um, so that, that could be a reason why you're not, you're getting ghosted and I don't really have a great solution for this other than like if you're using a client management software, maybe look into a few ways to prevent that. Or you can do some test emails. If you have like another email, you can test your emails and send them to your other emails and just kind of figure out, okay, like I removed a link and now my emails don't go to spam anymore, whatever. Another reason you might be getting ghosted because your style is not right for your client. And honestly, this is something that I don't really think should change. Like if someone doesn't like your style, I think you just leave it at that. Like don't bend over backwards to edit in a style that they love, but you don't. Another reason you're getting ghosted is because you might be too expensive for them. That's a very real, like, honestly, for me, that's probably my most common reason for ghosting. I I know it's because of budget. Um, and I do think there's a few things I can do on my website to improve how I'm communicating my pricing to where I don't get people that reach out and then 
they ghost me because they find out my prices in my email. Like I should be priming and prepping people on my website first before they even get to my inbox. Um, if you are getting ghosted cause you're too expensive. I mean, that's definitely something to look into because if your prices are too high and maybe people aren't finding your photos as valuable as your prices, that can be a real issue because if you raise your wedding packages to 20 grand a wedding and you don't book any weddings, like that's bad. (laughs) That's really bad. Like you need to make sure that your price is at like the price point sweet spot where you're getting enough inquiries, you're getting enough bookings, but you're not undervaluing yourself. So something to consider, you might be too expensive and it's okay if you're too expensive for someone, but let's just make sure that we're not so expensive to the point where it's like, okay, no one can afford me. No one's booking me, but you also don't want to be too inexpensive to where you're booking 40 weddings a year and you're just overwhelmed. You have no time for anything else. Another reason you might be getting ghosted because they clicked with another photographer before you. And this is where the idea of responding quickly comes into play because if you do respond to inquiries relatively quickly, that is going to lessen their opportunity to click with another photographer before you kind of gives you like the first hand, like you have a little bit of an advantage already because you were just the first person to get back to them. I do feel like a lot of the times when you're booking a photographer, you're just going off of a gut instinct. And if you're the first person to give them a good gut instinct, that could really be in your favor. Okay. People might be ghosting you because you're not showcasing your expertise to your potential clients. So you're not showing them like a wedding that's similar to the one that they're planning that you've shot. Like you're not showcasing or communicating your expertise. I love to book people who are experienced because I can guarantee, almost guarantee how my photos are going to turn out or how, you know, my shoot's going to look or whatever. I think it's really good to showcase your experience, showcase the fact that you've shot somewhere before or, you know, worked with, so-and-so a vendor or whatever. I think at the end of the day, if someone's debating between two photographers and you're the one that's able to be like, here's an example photo at your venue, or, um, here's a little bit of my experience. Like I shot 50 weddings last year or whatever. Like I do think that is going to get you a booking over the person who's, you know, who you're up against that doesn't do that. And this last one we already talked about, but basically you might be getting ghosted because you're not solving your client's problems and every client has a different problem, like I said. So you kind of have to look at your current clients, the people who currently have you booked and ask yourself, what problem did I solve for them? And like, what was the main reason that they booked for me? And I can, I can look back and see either through email or think back on like phone call conversations I had with people to think about why someone booked with me. You can also literally text your previous clients and be like, Hey, I'm just doing like a little bit of research. Would you mind telling me like, what was your deciding factor? Like as to why you booked me and like, just tell them to be honest or something like that. And you can take all of those answers that you get from these people, your past clients to figure out, okay, this person booked me because I, they liked my candid photos. This person booked me because they really liked my style. This person booked me because they really liked this certain set of photos that they saw. And then based on that, I can figure out, okay, people like me and book me because they find value in my style of photos, how I take candid photos and how I have a lot of experience. Those are the things that people book me for. And I am talking specifically about myself because I'm pretty sure that's why people book with me. (laughs) Okay. So let's talk a little bit about what can you do to not get booked. Okay. Or not get booked. (laughs) This is going to be a podcast on how to not get bookings. (laughs) Well, that's kind of what I did just go through though. I kind of said how you're not getting booked. What can you do to not get ghosted? Okay. What can we do to not get ghosted? 
So I think the main thing, and we have talked about this quite a lot, is basically just focusing on how you can solve your potential client's problems. And I want to give you a few examples for this one. So I have two example problems. The first problem, your client wants someone to capture their story and not just superposed like stiff looking photos. They want storytelling. So your solution is going to be telling them how you storytell and how you focus on candidates and how you think you can best capture their story. Okay. That is, that's a pretty easy example, but a lot of the times it's like, okay, well, how do you even figure out what the problem is in the first place? A lot of the times you can figure this out through your inquiry form. So like have some section on your inquiry form that kind of like probes or tries to get them to say something about like a problem that they're facing when they're looking for a photographer. Um, You could literally say like, what's your biggest problem right now as you're searching for a photographer? And they might say every photographer is too expensive or no one has the right package or something like that. Another problem that your client might have, um, a potential client wants a photographer that offers more to them than just photos. They want more than that. So a solution would be to offer more value, offer timeline planning, outfit guidance, vendor recommendations. Do all of this though before they book you because if you you know, if if you have the solution and they have a problem, they're like, "Oh, I want more than just photos." you have the solution, but you don't tell them that you have the solution until after they book you. Like the solution is what's going to get you the booking. Okay. Solution equals booking. Are are we tracking here? You need to provide a solution to your potential client in order for them to see value in what you offer and for them to book you. Sometimes the problem that they have is as simple as I want like... I feel like I can't find good enough photos or I don't have good enough photos of myself. Your very simple solution is I can take good photos of you. And that, that might be enough for someone to book with you. Okay. So everyone has different problems that they want solved when they're looking for a photographer. Ghosting, in my opinion, yes, it happens. Like ghosting is the, the act of someone not responding to you, but you have to have a good ghosting mindset. Okay. A good ghosting mindset, a GGM. So when you are, (laughs) sorry, I just got a phone call from my sister and it distracted me. This is what I get for not putting my phone on. Do not disturb. Okay. Ghosting is a mindset. Instead of viewing ghosting as bad, I kind of view ghosting as good. And I have an example for this. I actually, had this girl that wanted to do a phone call with me for her wedding and we hop on a call and it's a really great call. She's telling me all about like her wedding. She's got like the cutest stuff planned, you know, like it's the cutest venue. Like the vibe is just there. Like she wants like a 10 hour package, my top package. I'm like, wow. Like I'm so excited. And I'm like, okay, well just like, um, Like, let me know if you want a book, like you can email me, whatever. And I never get a response from her, but I come to find out that her wedding is a New Year's Eve wedding. And I actually have this thing where I like to not work on New Year's Eve, right? Shocker. (laughs) So I didn't give her like holiday pricing, which I totally would have if like I would have realized it was New Year's Eve. Um, I think it was like, I don't know. I just saw like December 31st in the like client portal, like on my honey book. And I didn't put two and two together that actually was New Year's Eve. So I got ghosted by her, but it turned out that like, I actually didn't want to book the wedding in the first place. Yeah. I got emotionally attached, but like it was a good thing because I would have been miserable shooting that wedding. So ghosting is a mindset. You have to think about the fact that like they're ghosting you for a reason. And that reason is going to be why they're going to book with someone else. Someone else has that thing that you can't offer them and that's okay. There are enough weddings to go around, enough couples, enough clients to go around to where 
it's really not an issue if someone goes and books with another photographer. Like, no one is going to have a monopoly on all of the weddings in all of the state or the city or whatever. Like, there's always going to be more opportunities. I really feel like ghosting is a blessing in disguise, truly. And it it's a blessing in disguise because, number one, it teaches us something about our business. It teaches us an area that we're lacking. So I send a follow-up email when people ghost, ghost me and I just say, Hey, just following up, whatever. And a lot of people will be like, Hey, I booked with someone else because blank. And they'll give me a reason. This is a really good opportunity for you to find holes in your business. So like I said, a lot of people ghost me because of my prices. And I think the problem is I'm just not communicating that those prices early enough on my website or on my website to where people are then reaching out to me without having looked at my prices and they're shocked when they see how much I charge. So ghosting is a good opportunity to find holes in your business, which I think is really cool, but it also prevents us from booking people who don't actually value what you offer. Now there are times where people book you and they don't value what you offer, but for the most part, like if someone doesn't book with you and they ghost you, that could actually secretly be a really good thing for you. You just don't even realize it. There could be another wedding or session or photo shoot around the corner that is going to come in and be an inquiry and you're going to have it free because that person ghosted you. And this other thing is like way more your vibe or way more something that you're looking forward to. So don't stress it. If you get ghosted, it's okay. I promise. Okay. So I wanted to do a new little segment on the podcast today to kind of wrap it up, we uh, we're at about 30 something minutes. So we're going to finish up the podcast episode and I don't have a name for this yet, but we're, we're going to my Facebook group for this one. So if you guys don't know, I have a Facebook group, it's called Cassidy Lynn education. If you're not a part of it, you should totally join it. But basically on my Facebook page, a lot of people will post about issues that they're running into with clients or whatever. And I wanted to just kind of read some of the things that are happening to photographers and some of the solutions that people are offering. It's, it's honestly very helpful to see like these different things that happen to photographers and then to see like, Oh, here's how we can resolve this. Also, I totally forgot, but the listeners of my podcast, I decided that we are called the Cassabies. Okay. So people that are listening, you're a Cassidy. Okay. I don't make the rules. I had the most votes on my Instagram story. And honestly, it's so cute. Like I love, it's just like my name, but like with bees at the end, like that's so cute. Cassabies. Thank you for listening. Cassabies. Okay. So we're going to go through and read some things that are on my Facebook group. First thing, I'm sure many of you guys have seen this. I don't want to give it too much time because I yeah, I don't want to give it too much time, but there has been this Instagram story that's been circling around where basically someone posted a hot take saying that they don't think that photographers that don't go to college should be able to get booked for like the high prices that they get booked for. Basically saying that if you don't have a degree, like clients shouldn't be hiring you for your high prices because you don't have a degree. Um, I don't know. This is a really weird, it's just really weird because I feel like a lot of people don't have degrees. Like some of the most successful people don't have degrees. So I definitely disagree with this statement. Um, yeah, it's definitely a hot take. I think it's doing its, its purpose, which is just getting lots of people talking about this person. Yeah. I, I think you don't, I don't think you need a degree to do anything other than like be a doctor and stuff like that besides or an engineer besides that, even an engineer, I don't even think you need a degree. My brother-in-law is an engineer and he doesn't have a degree. So yeah, I think I, I do think our society is coming to a point where we don't really view college as a necessity anymore like it used to be such a big necessity like back in the day, but I really feel like people do not view it as that anymore. I have a degree in marketing, digital marketing, 
but I don't think I would have got a degree in photography if it was presented to me like as an opportunity. I don't think it's necessary. I think a lot of fields can be learned just by being in the field. Like I think some of the best people are those who have experience. And honestly, if you're delivering good quality photos, why does it matter if you have a degree, like good quality photos that that should be enough. Like it doesn't matter. Like if you have a degree or this or that or whatever, like there should not be requirements on the back end. Like it should just be like, I take good photos and I'm creative and I can do this. Then that's just what I think. Okay. So this person said, I need a little advice. I received this email yesterday and I'm not sure if it's legit or not. He said he's, he needed three hours of coverage, but when I asked him what all he needed captured, he just said group photos of the 15 to 20 possible attendees, which I thought was kind of a red flag because that's a really long time. Yeah. Three hours for 15 to 20 group shots is not, or group photos of 15 to 20 people. On top of that, when I said I wasn't available on his preferred day, then he asked what other days I have available as if it were a flexible event. I don't have the warm and fuzzy feelings about this client thoughts. And this, um, person, it's an email. The subject says family reunion photography. And the person says, hello, how are you today? I'd like to know if you are available for my family reunion photograph for my family reunion photograph coming up on 7th October, 2023. Also, where are you located? Thank you. So that's just a scam. Like, obviously that's a scam. A lot of the comments were saying like, that's a very clear scam. I agree. I think it's like the, hello, how are you doing today? That just feels weird. And like, it's always the family reunion too. Okay. This next person, I have two questions to the more seasoned photographers. Number one, how much do you charge a client to reschedule a session that they want to change when they've already paid a non-refundable retainer fee? Number two, how, how often do you allow a reschedule to take place? One time, two times, three. Um, so the top comment on this post, um, the person said that they charge a $100 rescheduling fee, which is smart. I think having some sort of rescheduling fee is going to be the best thing that you can do because it it just prevents people from taking advantage of you. Um, and then they said that they like allow them to reschedule as many times as they want, as long as they pay the rescheduling fee. And a lot of people will think twice if once they see that there's a fee to reschedule. Um, and then they said one, once they started implementing the reschedule fee, they haven't had a reschedule since. So I think, I think that's a really good answer. Like charge a fee to reschedule, maybe have something in your contract as well. I do know there have been times where there's been like legit thunderstorms and I haven't been able to shoot. And so I will reschedule for stuff like that. But if you're just rescheduling, just to reschedule just for funsies, it's not going to happen. Not for me. This next person said, I just wanted to share this because I am beyond confused. So the groom sent my wedding day questionnaire to his mom to fill out. She texts me saying she can't figure out how to do it and then proceeds to send me paragraphs critiquing my graphic design skills. Like, I'm sorry, I just threw this together and I tried to make it cute and I'm the only one who's going to see it. So why does it matter? What I don't get is if she's a graphic designer genius, how can she not figure out how to fill out a questionnaire? So there's screenshots of text. They send the questionnaire. The person says, I received the questionnaire. I don't know how to fill in the answers. Sigh. They literally say sigh. (laughs) Also, just for starters, the font which says wedding day should be enlarged and be larger than the date, but not as large as the names. Oh my gosh. Maybe a more elegant font. Your logo should be at the very bottom in a somewhat narrow rectangular banner, but not at the very bottom centered. This will allow the textual emphasis to be on the couple. Literally what? (laughs) That is so funny. As I think about it, actually your logo should not be on the cover page, but at the end of the photo presentation, sheesh, I'm getting rusty. I like the flowers for your background. I like the font for the names. I'll catch up with you tomorrow since it's getting late. Thanks. Good night. <gasps> good night. No, no, no. Do not tell me good night after you just critiqued everything. Like literally the audacity to say that. Like, why do you even need to say anything? That's what, that's my thing. Like, why even say anything? Like, I would never in a million years, like, go to my photographer and be like, 
hey, your website design sucks and you need to fix it, by the way. Like, that's just not necessary. It's not kind. Okay, this next person said, y'all help. Had an engagement session with one of my 2024 couples recently. They were not happy with their images. Super sad, but it happens. What threw me off was they loved their sneak peeks and only liked about 15 out of the 100 pit gallery. So we're having a meeting on Monday to discuss what they didn't like and what they did like. But I feel like if they are this unhappy with their engagement photos, that maybe us working together for their wedding might not be a good fit after all. What are your thoughts? Help. Oh my gosh. Okay. So let's read what this is the email that they got from their client. We were able to review the images in the gallery and wanted to follow up with you with some additional questions. We know that you are in the middle of wedding season, but would like to schedule a time to discuss either in person or by phone our concerns. We value time and transparency and wanted you to be aware that out of 100 images that were shared, we were only able to select 15 images that were agreeable. We can discuss this more in full. We enjoyed working with you during our first session. Would like to continue, but hope to find a reasonable solution to our current situation. Oh, wow. They said, if possible, we'd like to view the full gallery and view all the photos that they like. So they want to see the raws or schedule another session outfit change. And a lot of people in the comments were basically just saying like, okay, so there was kind of a little bit of a debate where people were saying it's because you delivered a hundred photos. That's way too many. Like, and then other people were saying it's not too many. Like I've never had an issue delivering that many photos. So there's kind of, people are kind of torn on this and I kind of understand why. <laughs> Sorry. I just felt the need to move my couch real quick. I understand both sides. Like why people think that a hundred photos is too many. Why people think that, um, 15 photos is not enough. And honestly, I think that this might have to do more with like th these people's like view of themselves rather than like the photos themselves. Um, so that's, it's interesting and I don't really know how I would approach it, but I would definitely agree that th it's probably not a good fit for the wedding if they're being this hard about the engagement photos. That's crazy. Okay. So this person, okay, they said that their hourly fee starts above their budget. She knows this girl, but she doesn't have her in a books for a wedding at all. And she's saying, like, how do I respond to this person? So this person looks like they texted her and said, hey, hey, girl, I spoke with, um, says Allie. I spoke with Allie about photographing my wedding on Tuesday, October 31st, and she was going to originally, but forgot she's, she has a trip planned. So she mentioned to me that you'll also be photographing her wedding. It'll be in this place, Halloween wedding. My budget is 400. The pics don't even need to be edited. I'm not looking for some crazy package or anything like that. I have the venue from 12 to 12, just looking for a few pics of me getting ready, reveal pics with me. And the hubby, some ceremony pics, and then we'll feed you supper and maybe some pics of the first dance and stuff. And you can head out after that is done. If you think this is something you can do, please let me know in advance. Thank you. And basically, a lot of people were just saying like, okay, for $400, literally all of that. <laughs> Someone said, is supper a check served for $3,500 on a plate? People are wild. <laughs> Oh, that's so, yeah, that's literally $33 an hour. Um, this person said, like wrote a response, which is helpful. And their response was, Hey, wow. It means a lot that you would trust me with your wedding day. Unfortunately, my wedding packages start above your budget and these are non-negotiable. Your timeline is considered a full day package at this time. I do not know any photographers that would fit your budget. I'm sorry. Let me know if I can be any additional help. Congrats on your engagement. That's a really good response, um, that this person said in the comments, Honestly, that's just so crazy for $400. Someone is expecting basically full day coverage. They want getting ready shots and then they want dances. That's at least six hours. Okay. This next person posted, they said, help. What would you do? I had a coworker book me for her, her friend's wedding. That's in 
a couple of weeks, pretty last minute. I should have brought up pricing when she first asked a couple of weeks ago. So that's a mistake on my part, but I didn't even think a thousand dollars for a full wedding was very much. And I even told her I can stay for however long for that base price. I do have a second shooter coming with me because he's done weddings before. This is my first and the company and backup would be nice. I already made plans for him to make the day trip over here. So I really love, I would really love to have the extra hands, but do you think a second shooter is necessary, especially if it's your first wedding? $500 doesn't seem like enough to pay a photographer, even if this is their first wedding. I make $300 for shorter family sessions. Anyway, this is my coworker's wedding. Um, so I'm going to do it regardless, but I'm just wondering if you have any, you have had something like this happen with someone that you're close to. Okay. So basically in this text that the coworker sent, they said that their budget is 500 for photography. They said that they would love to use them and help them build their portfolio. Oh, wow. Okay. And then (laughs) <laughs> they said that in the response that the photographer sent, they said that they can do 800, which is still super low for a wedding. I really hope that that works out. Oh, wait, this person said, could someone help me word a response to this? We are doing photo and video. My contract states no other photographers or videographers. This bride chose not to pay for the package that includes a full ceremony video. So we are shooting during the ceremony still, but doing a highlight video. I don't know how to respond. I want to cover my butt in case he gets in the way, but I also don't want to pick a fight the week before her wedding. I get it if it's an extra 1K. If she adds it on, that's a lot of money. Basically, this person texted her and said, good afternoon. I want to let you know that I will be having a family member who will be filming the entire ceremony. They will have their camera on a tripod, so it shouldn't interfere with your photography, videography of the event. I just wanted to let you know. So there isn't any confusion on the day of that's very kind of them to let you know, honestly, I, okay. A lot of the comments said like that. I don't think that this is going to be something that's going to be that big of a deal. Like if they really truly just keep a camera set up on a tripod, like a lot of the times you don't even see it or notice it. I've had people do that before too. A lot of the people are just saying, Like, just make sure the positioning of the tripod doesn't interfere. And at the end of the day, it's their wedding day and they can document it as they please. Cool. I would agree. Okay. So this person said, hi, all. I just started second shooting. And is it the norm to not have your second shooter eat dinner? When I'm the main photographer, I always include my seconds in the dinner portion of the day. I have a seven hour wedding. I'm second shooting this weekend. And in the timeline, the photographer has me leaving when the dinner time starts. Is it rude slash unprofessional if I ask to stay for dinner? The wedding is a little after 7 p.m. This is now my third second shooting wedding. And I don't know if this is the norm as it happened as it's happened at other the other two weddings I've done with the same main photographers and they added an edit. They said they messaged her and asked if she could stay for dinner for the wedding. And the photographer responded and said, I typically don't have second shooters stay at the reception as I find they are in my shots more times than not, which is why unless my couple requests it, I send them home after cocktail hour. I can add $30 to the pay so you can get a meal on your way home for the wedding. But as always, unless requested, second shooters are sent home before the reception starts. Interesting. So then this person commented and like did another edit. They said um, if they could stay for dinner, help capture the events just so it's worth their time. And basically the photographer said no and that they'd give her $30 to eat on the way home. And a lot of people were basically saying that they couldn't imagine not covering a second shooter's dinner which makes sense. I mean, she's willing to give you $30 for dinner on the way home, but like it does seem weird to not have your second photographer stay during the reception. I don't know. And I've never had an issue with second photographers eating at the reception and never an issue with them being in my shots. I don't know. That just seems weird. This person said, have you ever dropped a client? I never said what she quoted. What I did say is I have explained to her many times, 
is that I only promised 20 photos for her complimentary engagement shoot and that if I had extras, I would send them. I also referred her to our contract where it clearly states not all photos will be given and final shots are up to my discretion. Our shoot was in a very public place and unfortunately there were some shots where I wasn't able to edit out the very distracting people lingering in the background and have the photos still look natural, hence why they weren't delivered, which I also explained, but this was the response I got. I hate to be that way, but part of me wants to refund the deposit and be on my merry way. This person says, hi, I understood you were on vacation, so there was no explanation needed. The only reason I asked about the other photos is because when we were wrapping up, you said normally I give 20 photos, but I'll give them all to you. So because you said that, I thought that was what you meant. So this person saying that they basically are misquoting them here. We asked to see more photos also because it seems like we took a lot of them and there were not... There are not many represented in the batch we have seen compared to the many we took. Thanks. And the top comment, this person says, you have to remember these clients don't know the industry. Um, you know, they're not going to understand how things work. So there's miscommunication. So this person thinks there's going to be extra. So you kind of have to just explain it to them. Um, but then apparently the client responded and said that they've been working in the photography industry for many years. So they understand how this whole process works. Wow. The drama. There's always drama. This person says, help. My worst nightmare happened. I allowed my friend to borrow my camera for an event. I believe she went and bought the wrong type of SD card or was forcing the SD card in in wrong and broke the reader. Now I can't get any card in there at all. Does anyone have any recommendations for places I could get this fixed? The closest store near me is about two hours away, but I'm leaving to go out of town tomorrow and they want to ship it. And a lot of people said that they had SD cards break in their reader. That's terrifying. This person said they use Norman camera or like they use just like Canon too. That's crazy. So be careful with your SD cards. If you use the wrong one, apparently it can break. <laughs> this person said, what an emotional roller coaster of a message. And here's the message that they said that they got. Hi, I didn't get a chance to comment on the pictures from our wedding party. Thank you so much for them. They were also beautiful. We lost our dog and grandmother within the last few weeks right after you sent the album. So those pictures mean so much more to me and my family. Thank you. I hope we get to have you as our photographer again in the future. I also wanted to see if we could get copies of the raw pictures as well. <laughs> wow. That is a roller coaster. They're like, we lost our dog, our grandma. This means so much to me. Also, can I have all your raw photos? Like, man, that is crazy. Okay, this next person. They said, my wedding package is $2,500, including a 30-minute complimentary engagement session. Okay, can, we, uh, can I just stop here real quick? Why am I feeling like we, we see more problems than good things out of complimentary engagement sessions? Don't know why. Just something to think about. Okay. They said, I had a potential bride set up a call. I thought she'd ask questions about wedding stuff. Instead, she asked me if they could book engagement photos and then book me for her wedding if it goes well. And then I would deduct the engagement session from their wedding balance. She caught me off guard and we were talking on the phone and I blurted out, sure. Oh my gosh. That's so relatable. I always just blurt out things because I'm under pressure. But as soon as I did, I was second guessing myself. Seems like a red flag, kind of. I require a $300 deposit. So she booked me for the wedding, did the complimentary engagement session, then didn't like me or whatever and canceled the wedding. She would be out of the same amount of money. My sessions are $295. Thoughts? Ooh. Someone said they do this all the time. They have multiple instances and it's not a concern. And they view it as a positive thing. Because it's good to see if you guys are a good fit. Honestly, I could see that. Um, I've done this for people before, I think. Yeah, I, I've i done that too. So this person said it's just like less less risky. Um, yeah, it's just making sure you guys vibe together. Um, and then I have a few more. I'm just going through my screenshot. So I just got the most random screenshot. Okay. This is a bunch of 
texts from okay i don't even know oh okay here we go so this person needs advice they said long story short i booked a wedding for june 3 2023 several months later i was asked to be in my cousin's wedding that same day I had a face-to-face conversation with this couple about it. They almost had a year to find another photographer with a full refund from me, or my second shooter would be the lead photographer for the day. They chose to have my second photographer be the lead. June 3rd comes and goes. My photographers never say that there were any issues. I delivered the gallery. The couple thanked me. She had me do a special photo of her deceased grandpa photoshopped in a photo, but that was basically all I had heard from them. Last night, I received this text from her. I will say the second shooter has worked with me for over three years. I've never had a problem. So I was more than comfortable having him shoot a wedding for me. I was extremely thorough with timeline, details, specific shots they wanted, etc. I'm embarrassed that he acted in this way that made him seem incompetent to run or lead a wedding day. At this point, I'm not sure what to do for this client other than just apologize, maybe send them some prints, a complimentary album. I ensured them that I would be, that they would be in good hands and clearly they were not. I feel awful. So the text that they get from their client says, Hey, hope you're doing well over the past two months since our wedding blank and I, so I'm just going to make their name, Bob, the, this person's now, well, I don't even know if it's a husband, just this person's this person that got married to this person, it's going to be Bob. Okay. Bob and I have been going back and forth about discussing our wedding day with you since you were not able to be there. We first wanted to thank you for how much we have loved this process with you, planning our engagement photos. We loved how you organized everything you problem solved. With that being said, we do want to be upfront with the struggles we had on our wedding day, working with the second photographer We know that no weddings go without hiccups or unexpected delays or challenges, but there certainly were several problems that could have been avoided entirely. Upon arriving to the groomsman suite, he seemed unsure of the timeline. He told Bob one thing and then backtracked and said that we had so much time that Bob can get ready whenever he wants. So Bob had to decide when to get ready, making them late to the ceremony site. When they arrived and Bob was taking... Oh wait, not Bob. When they, when the guys arrived and the second photographer was taking my and the bridesmaid shots, the second photographer stood around watching the girls and talking to our videographer as the boys waited for him in the barn again, unsure of what to do. He never came back, which led the boys being unable to usher for the ceremony. We had to ask some of some of the guests to usher instead the girls assumed that the boys had already finished their shots because he was just standing there as the second photographer this other photographer this is kind of confusing so the second photographer i'm referring to is the main photographer that took over but there's another photographer as well that took shots um okay so the girls assumed that the boys had already finished their shots because he was just standing there as blank took our shots. So we didn't question anything, but when the ceremony was over, he, the guy that is now the main photographer told the boys, it was time to take their groomsmen pictures. So we didn't, didn't get any of our portraits together until after dinner. That meant we lost all but one hour of our reception and had to cancel dances that we had planned because of that. We only got one solo shot of Bob at the end of the night where he clearly is worn out and it just doesn't look like him because of that. A lot of our guests had also left by that point as well, including grandparents, plenty making remarks, wondering when we would be back before the ceremony. All the boys were waiting outside to get their boutonnieres on, but blank and blank were sitting in the living room on their phones. I'm assuming those are the two photographers. So Bob's mom had to go tell them that they needed to take pictures. Dang. At the end of the night, this is long. At the end of the night for our exit, he wanted us to do several takes of running through the sparklers to get more shots. And we both left feeling uncomfortable telling him no. We were trying to get shots of our big day rather than feel like we're doing a photo shoot. And moments like that felt like our day was just a big photo shoot. We don't send you this to discourage you, but to tell you how the day went from our view and how 
this person handled the day when he was in charge. Um, they just said that they were very disappointed with much of the day um, because of these avoidable problems. Wow. That is actually crazy. And it's just, it just solidifies my feeling that you cannot, it's a re- not that you can't trust people, but it's a really hard to trust people to care about your business as much as you do. I, it's just crazy. Like thinking about the fact that you trusted this person and then they're like just not performing how you would and like caring about your couple the way that you would. Yeah, that's scary. And honestly, what would my response be to that? I, I would probably try to offer something free for them, like an album or whatever. But at this point, there's nothing really you can do other than just like not hire that person to work with you again. That's literally it. It's just like you live in your room, basically. Like you live, you learn, you move on. So that's it for today's episode, guys. Thank you, my little Cassabies, for listening. And um, I hope all of you have an amazing rest of your day. Exposure With all of the highlights and the shadows is my composure All the layers above, all the edits and tweaks, I know her I am so done, needing more time developing in my Doesn't matter wherever I am on the top of the mountain or down in quicksand Whatever the moment, wherever we stand, I'm taking it Doesn't matter wherever I am on the top of the mountain or down in quicksand Whatever the moment, wherever we stand, I'm taking you, taking you, taking you Never gonna stop, I'm getting good on shoes